Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey friends, today we're going to talk about consultation calls, sales calls, the call that you have with people, the conversation you have with your clients to, you know, decide for them to decide if they want to work with you and for you to decide if you want to work with them too. I don't teach specifically on this in my body of work and in joyful marketing because I teach a lot more on marketing and the way I think of it, marketing is everything that leads up to the sales conversation and sales is the sales conversation. And so everything that leads up to the, to the client saying, okay, you know what? I might want to work with you. Let's actually talk about this. Like that is marketing. And so I haven't really talked about the sales conversation specifically, even though I have talked about bits and pieces of it in the past. And today I think I would like to for the first time because I have lots of thoughts on them and people ask me about my thoughts on them all the time. So these are the questions that I somehow end up answering the most frequently when it comes to consultation calls for coaches. So the first thing, actually, before I start talking about the first thing, I want to give you an overview of what I'm going to talk about. First of all, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on whether you should do them, whether they're necessary at all. And two, I want to give you my thoughts on the wrong reasons to do consults and the wrong reasons to not do consults. And I want to tell you my thoughts on how consults can backfire when you don't know how to create a safe space for the clients you talk to. And and then I want to tell you what I think the highest purpose of a consult is, like what you're actually trying to do if you're not trying to like hustle them into a sale, right? Oh, and then I'm going to <laughs> address one of the most hotly contested topics I think that I've seen, which is, do you disclose the price of your coaching package prior to the sales conversation or not? And guess what? I have an opinion on this, a very strong one, and you're going to want to hear it. So here we go. <laughs> Let's go in order. First of all, here's my thoughts on, do you have to do a consult to sell coaching as a life coach? And my answer is, of course not. And my answer is, of course not. Anytime somebody asks, do I have to do something, something in order to, you know, have a great business as a life coach? Anytime the question is framed as, do I have to? My answer is always, of course, fucking not. Right? Like all of the rules of marketing and sales are completely made up. The entire field of life coaching is completely made up. We are playing by the rules of games that have been completely made up by human beings who have thoughts all the time. Now, that's not to say that made-up rules cannot be useful. Obviously, I said coaching is made up, but coaching is obviously extremely useful. And so this whole idea that you need to do a sales call before somebody can sign with you is completely made up, but it can be very useful too. So anytime, like I said, anytime somebody asks me, do you have to do this? My answer is always no, you don't have to do anything. If you want to find examples of somebody who is succeeding, somebody who has an amazing business without 
doing whatever it is that people are, you know, wondering if they have to do, I can completely find those for you. So are there coaches who have great businesses who don't do consult calls? Yes. And are there coaches who have amazing businesses who do do consult calls? Yes. So, and you know, like if you ask me, I did sales calls for a a long time. And then I also didn't do sales calls for a long time. And I loved doing them. And I also love not doing them for different reasons, right? So the question is not, the question is never, do I have to? The question is, why? Why would you want to or why would you not want to? So first I'm going to talk about some of the wrong reasons that people might do consults. A wrong reason to do consultation calls might be when you think you have to do them in order to sign clients because you believe no one would ever want to work with you unless you have a chance to talk to them first. Like you have to like soften them into it. You have to kind of, you know, (laughs) like they're not interested. And if you can just talk to them, you know, or maybe they are interested, but they're way too scared. And if you can just get them on a console call, they're going to want to buy. Like if that's the kind of thinking you have and you think, you know, the chances are slim that anybody would want to just buy from you without a call, that's probably not the best reason to do a console call because then you're operating from the belief people don't just want to buy coaching from me, which of course they do. Or maybe you wouldn't create that result if you're believing the opposite all the time, right? And a lot of coaches also walk around with this idea that people be too scared to buy coaching without talking to me and asking me a whole bunch of questions about it first. And and therefore, I have to do the consult so that I can talk to them, make it not scary for them, you know, answer their questions. Another similar version of this is nobody's going to buy if I don't overcome all their objections first, right? So if you have these beliefs, and that's why you're offering consults, the message you're subconsciously sending when you're marketing is coaching is scary, (laughs) And come to me so I can unscary it for you, right? Or coaching is a very big investment and I have to, you know, like give you an, an explanation of why it's worth it. So you don't have to do this scary thing, you know, without knowing what you're getting into. Like that's the kind of message you're sending as opposed to believing coaching is so easy to say yes to. Coaching is so fun. Coaching is like getting a hug. Coaching feels like coming home. Coaching feels like you're, feels like talking to your best friend and your cheerleader. It's not scary at all. It's not hard to want. It's not hard to say yes to. Of course, everybody already wants it, right? Like that's how I always, always think about coaching. It's like people want to buy regardless of like whatever happens between their decision to buy or their contemplation about wanting to buy and actually buying. Like, is it, could it be really helpful for me to get on the, get on a call with them? Of course. But is that what makes them want to buy? No. Like coaching is what makes people want to buy coaching because coaching is awesome, right? So check your thoughts about coaching, about the desirability of coaching and just your thoughts about coaching too. Cause if you think that people are intimidated by coaching or confused by it, that's probably just reflecting your unconscious, your unintentional thoughts about coaching. Say, a part of you is thinking that coaching is scary. A part of you is thinking that coaching is, you know, 
too intense or a really big scary investment or whatever it is, right? It's though if those thoughts are the ones that are motivating you to offer calls, maybe probably not going to give you the best results because of the thoughts that are motivating your actions, right? Another thought is that I have to do consults because that's the only way to be a legit coach, right? Some people have these thoughts, like to be legitimate, you have to do consult calls. Once again, no, you don't. No, you don't. I know so many legitimate coaches who have amazing businesses, who have one-on-one coaching practices, who have group coaching practices, who don't do consult. It's just not like a law of the universe. It's not like gravity. It's not physics. It wasn't dictated to Moses from God on top of Mount Sinai. It's not anything like that. It's just a practice that some people do because of conventions that we made up with thoughts in the industry, which is also made up by human thoughts. Okay? (laughs) You do not have to do anything to be a legit coach, except to believe that you are a legit coach and that you have legitimate skills and that you can create legitimate results for your clients. Actually, that's a really good barometer, right? Like, do you have legitimate coaching skills? Yes or no? Do you know how to get your clients legitimate results? Yes or no? If yes, yes, then you're a legitimate coach. You don't have to do anything to prove it, including consult calls, right? So those are some of the quote-unquote wrong reasons you might want to offer consult calls. And I also think that there are wrong reasons to not offer consult calls. And when I say wrong, you know what I mean. It's not like wrong morally. It's like wrong in the sense of it might not be producing, it might not help you in producing the results you want, right? So here are some of the unhelpful reasons that I've seen people not offer consult calls, right? I've seen people not offer consult calls because they, they're scared <laughs> of consult calls. It's like, oh, it's like so much pressure. And what if they ask me a question I can't answer? And what if I, you know, like I can't help but be salesy and pressury and it's like too stressful to think about. So I'm just not going to do them. Right. And people just like have all these you know, thoughts that scare them about consult. And then they just decide to avoid all of those thoughts by just not offering consult. And once again, the question to me is always not what you do, but what are the thoughts? What are the fears and doubts? What are the motivations underlying that decision? Right? Because if you don't want to do consults because you don't trust yourself to not feel salesy, those thoughts, that fear, that energy isn't going to go away just because you're not offering the very particular format of a consult. Like that's going to leak all over the place in your marketing if you don't trust yourself not to be salesy, right? Like if you if you have the thought like, oh, it's too much pressure like to do a good consult, then what that's telling you is your inability to trust yourself in this intimate, sacred conversation with a client. And once again, Even if you got rid of the consult, that distrust would still be there and it would leak out into your marketing. It would leak out into your coaching even, right? Because all a consult is, is you and a client having a conversation in which 
you're, you're both deciding if it will be a good fit to work together. That is the very basic like definition of it. And if you somehow have thoughts that make that very unpleasant or scary or un, like whatever, unpalatable, <laughs> then you want to ask yourself why? What is it about it? Which is really another way of asking, what is my brain saying about it that points to my beliefs about myself, about my beliefs about them, my beliefs about my offer, right? That is creating these emotions that make me not want to do them, right? They're really good questions to explore. I see another popular reason that people don't do consults or they think they don't want to do them. And that is that, oh, I'm too advanced to, to have to do consults. Like, you know, I made too much money. I have too fancy of a platform. Like I should be above having to offer consultations. And this, I have to say, when I first encountered coaches saying this, it kind of took me by surprise because I never thought of consults as something that makes you like less fancy or whatever. I never thought of it as like something like elementary that you grow out of once you're fancy enough. I just thought of consult calls as literally just me talking to prospective clients to see if we're a good fit. So I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? You know? And so that never made sense to me. And it shouldn't make sense to you either, right? Like at any point of your business, like, you know, something making you, you look successful and fancy should never be a reason you do or don't do anything, right? Come on, this is really basic stuff. You want to make decisions because they truly are in the best interest of your clients and or, right, they're truly in the best interest of your business, not because you think you shouldn't have to or because it makes you look fancy or because you whatever, right? So that's a bad reason not to do consults. So whenever somebody asks me, should I, shouldn't I? My answer is I never care about the yes or the no. You can do them. You cannot do them. I only care why. What are your thoughts? What are your motivations? What are your reasons? And what does that reveal about your thoughts about yourself, your thoughts about your offer, and what are your thoughts about your clients? Right? So I really encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, I got some shit to explore here. I really encourage you to like stop this podcast right here and, you know, maybe take a few minutes to think about it and write it down. Like, hmm, what are my thoughts about consults and what is that telling me? And like, like, do I want, do I like doing them? Do I not like doing them? You know, do I feel really great about my decision to do them or not? And what are the reasons? And what does that tell me about my beliefs? Right? Like, so for example, you might, I'm totally making this up completely just random examples, right? But you might think, you know, I have to overcome too many objections. Like, let's say that's one of your thoughts about consults. It's like, oh, interesting. Then that reveals to me that I am believing that people don't really want it or they're very skeptical about coaching. Hmm. Why do I believe that? Like, am I skeptical about coaching? right? Or maybe I believe completely in coaching, but maybe I'm not trusting that my clients will. So maybe it's it's my thoughts about my clients where whenever I think about them, I think of them as almost like adversaries, like who whose doubt I have to like overcome, right? Is that the way that I'm thinking about my clients, 
right? Or is it that when I think about, you know, doing console calls, am I scared about like not knowing what to say? Or, you know, is it really about my doubts about myself as a coach, right? Or is it my doubts about my the usefulness, the value of my own offer? Am I afraid to get tripped up talking about my offer? Ah, then the issue is I might want to examine my beliefs. What am I believing about my offer that I'm scared to talk about it, right? So whatever you think about the consult just shows you, it just holds up a mirror to what it, whatever you're already believing about your business. I will tell you that I took the idea of you know, doing an amazing sales sales call, you know, conducting an amazing sales conversation, you know, being really good at consult calls. I took that very seriously and I did a lot of work on it myself because I felt like it would be such an amazing growth for me as a coach and as an entrepreneur to learn how to hold 100% completely clean space right? Clean space in talking to a client about their desire to possibly pursue coaching. And that takes me to the next topic I want to talk about, which is how to create a safe space, how to create a a clean space. And learning how to create a a 100% clean space when I'm talking about selling with a client, right? When they're in the position of possibly giving me money has been one of the greatest opportunities for personal and spiritual growth. And honestly, you know, growth in terms of my maturity as a coach too, because here's how you create an unsafe space for your clients in a consultation call. Here's how you create an unclean space is when you outsource the responsibility for your emotions to the client in the consult call. Let me say that a little different way because I felt like that might have been confusing. It's when you make the client's reaction, what they say, what they decide, be responsible for whether you feel good or whether you feel bad. If their decisions, if, if what they say to you can influence your emotions positively or negatively one way or another, then you have created an unsafe, unclean space in that conversation. For example, if them saying, oh, I really want to do this with you, how do I pay? If that's going to make you feel better, and if they say, oh, you know what? I don't think I can afford it at this time. I don't think it's right for me. If that's going to make you feel bad, then you are putting the responsibility for your emotions on the client. Like I'm talking to you as the coach and whether you want to buy coaching from me is going to determine whether I feel good today or not. When you're in that energy, your client can 100% tell. And that, my friends, is what we experience in the position of being like the customer in any kind of sales situation where we feel pressured. Anytime we feel pressured, it's because the person doing the selling, the salesperson, whether it's at the Gap or the car dealership or in a coaching conversation, anytime we feel pressured is when the person doing the selling when we can tell that they're going to be happier if we buy and they're going to be unhappier if we don't buy. And therefore, like the human instinct is to make the other person happy and therefore buy, but then like we might not want to. So it's like the subconscious message is like, don't make me fucking responsible for your emotions. 
And that's why so many of us have like weird feelings about sales conversations because we have all experienced being pressured on the other end of the conversation. And that pressure only happens when we can tell that us saying no is going to disappoint them and us saying yes is going to make them happy. And it feels really unfair to be given that burden of like, you know, having control over their emotions when all we wanted to do was like maybe get a nice sweater or, you know, buy a car for a fair, fair price or explore if coaching is right for us, right? That is how you as a coach can create an unclean, unsafe space. Anytime you make the client be responsible for your emotions. And of course, what's the antidote? What's the answer to not doing that is to be 100% detached. And by detached, I don't mean like you don't care, but, but I mean in the sense of you're not going to feel more worthy because they decided to buy from you. And you're not going to feel less worthy because they didn't decide to buy from you, right? You're going to feel, you're going to feel emotionally however you want to feel regardless of their decision, right? So that your client doesn't feel like they have to emotionally take care of you. I guess I'm like saying this in as as many different ways as I can think of, right? But anytime you're subconsciously asking your client to emotionally take care of you by agreeing to buy from you, that is, you've created an unsafe space. And I felt like when there's money on the line and I'm interested in growing my business, learning how to come from 100% service and learning how to be truly present with them and advocate 100% for what they want and to really listen to what they're saying as opposed to like my ego monkey chatter brain coming in and being like, oh my gosh, like, what do they think about me? Do they, they want to buy? Like, are they going to give me money? Like, what do I say? Like, that's all like the, like the monkey chatter ego brain, right? Like when I learned how to put that aside and show up 100% detached to the outcome, 100%, like they're, they're not going to make me happy. They're not going to make me unhappy. I'm just there to support you making a decision, right? When I mastered how to do that, that was such incredible growth for me. That is why I loved learning how to get really good at sales conversations. And I've had multiple clients who told me that consult call with you changed my life because I experienced what it's like to be sold to in a completely unattached, loving way where I genuinely felt like you just wanted the best for me and you really were listening to me. And there, I just felt no pressure and like it was like transformative and it gave them a really beautiful example of what to aspire to when doing sales calls with their own clients, right? So to me, like if anybody asks me, like, is it worth learning how to do console calls? I would, I'm always like such an enthusiastic yes, because when you learn how to decouple your ego and your worthiness issues and your neediness and your fears and your ego and all that stuff from the sales conversation, that is, you're going to up level so much as a coach and you're going to up level so much as a salesperson and a marketer. So is like, I mean, I say, I said learning how to get better at sales conversations, but it's really learning how to get better at sales, period. So if you have that skill set, even if you don't do calls per se, you're going to be using all of those same beliefs, all the same skills, the same ability to hold clean, unattached space, whether you're selling by email or webinar or Instagram post or whatever it is, 
right? So to me, that's really the skill that's really worth getting excellent at. And to me, like how exactly you do that is, it's like less important to me, right? So what do I want to talk about next? All right. So <laughs> let me talk about, having said that, let me talk about what I think is the ultimate aim of a consult call, what I think the ultimate purpose is. The ultimate purpose of a consult call is to love your client and to love your own offer enough to make sure that it's a mutual, fuck yeah, beautiful fit, right? It's not about getting them to buy at all. It is not at all about getting them to buy because how would you, how would you even know if they're a good fit to become a client of yours? Like, what if they're a horrible fit and they're crazy and you might, they might give you money. You start working together and they make your life miserable. You don't know that. If you don't know that that's not going to happen, like literally, right? You want to, you know, like you want to find out what they're about and give them a chance to, to talk to you and find out what you're about. So it's like, it's kind of like a, like a first date. I think to really learn about them and, and give yourself a chance to get to know them, because if you're, especially if you're doing one-on-one coaching, that's a lot of like intimate time together. You're going to be spending many, many hours with this person. You want to make sure they're not crazy. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know, it's, I mean, the most important question isn't, are they crazy? Obviously not. I'm being funny, but the important question is, okay, so for the, for the particular kind of coaching you do, are they a good fit? You want to know, you would want to know that if you truly loved and honored your coaching offer. If you truly honored your coaching container, you wouldn't just be like, oh, you're going to give me money? Here, you can go in, right? You just want to like, you want there to be like a check, like, okay, let me get to know you and, and find out if, if this container, right? If it feels like a fuck yeah, both ways right? And you also want to check to see if your client, before they sign on to work with you, feels that fuck yeah feeling in their own hearts, right? I'm sure like if you're dating somebody, you don't want someone to start dating you just because they feel like they could potentially be interested in you, kind of, like they can see that that some things you about you are great, but like, but like, we'll see, like, that's not a great place to start a relationship, Right? You want them to be like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I would love to get to know them. They're amazing, right? Like that's how you want to start. So is that how your client is feeling, right? Is that how you're feeling, right? It's an opportunity to make sure it's a mutual fuck yeah. That's it. That is what a consult call is. And when you're on the other side of a sales call like this, that's the best kind of consult to experience like as the client, right? Like really the best kind of consult that I've experienced as a client is when it's so clear that they're not like, like after my money, it's so clear that they're after good fit. Like they're asking me questions and I can just tell like, oh, they're just really trying to make sure that I'm going to be in the right place. And they're really going to try to make sure that, you know, th that the container would be a good fit for me. Then you really feel taken care of right? You feel like they're putting care and thoughtfulness into this like matching process between container and client, not just shoving you in because you have the money to spend, right? And there, listen, there are so many ways to figure out if it's a mutual great fit, 
right? It doesn't have to be an hour long Zoom conversation, even though that's a great way to do it too. It could, some of the, some of the best consults I've had took place on Facebook Messenger. I'd be like, Hey, so tell me more about this thing. And then they'd ask me some questions and then, you know, we just chat for, for a minute and it would become obvious as I, talk to them that it's an, it would be an amazing fit. And it's, we're like, all right, let's get the show on the road. Right. You know, or I mean, I've had some amazing consults on, on zoom calls as well, but I'm just saying like, it's just a conversation. It can happen in many ways. Some I've experienced over email, like that works too. And sometimes, you know, you have people fill out a form just to answer, have them answer some questions. And that form can be you know, them answering questions on a form could be a way where you can get a sense for, is this person an amazing fit for my container? And in the process of filling out the form, the client can get a sense of like, oh, like, how does it feel for me filling out this form? Like, does this feel like, like a fuck yes? You know? So it's, it's not just them like auditioning for you, so to speak. It's, it's totally mutual. They get to feel into, is this right for me? And you get to feel into, is this person right for my coaching container? Right. And just for the record, I also want to say when you have like a form, a questionnaire people fill out to work with you, please, you don't have to call it a fucking application. Okay. The word application, it always makes me think of like, like a bank loan or college applications where you're like hoping they're going to take you. Right. And if you've been following me a while, if you've been my client, I know you're thinking like, but Simone, you literally have applications. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. And listen, I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking a lot about get, getting rid of that word. Like it's, you know, I just thought of, I, me be really honest. I thought I, I used that word application and all the energy that's associated with that word without questioning it, just because I just, you know, I just can't think deeply about everything all the time, right? So, but then at some point I did start thinking deeply about it. I'm like, you know what? I don't like this word application because again, it makes me think of college applications, which are really scary. You're like hoping they're going to take you, you're going to like put your best foot forward and bank loan applications, which I've personally never done, but you know, it's, it's kind of like, like cross your fingers, hope they're going to give it to you. Like any kind of like application, it just, to me, again, I'm not saying this is how everybody has to think, but this is just how one person, me, is thinking about this. This is how I perceive it. Application makes it sound like the person who is receiving the application has all the power and you're just like putting your best foot forward, auditioning for them to make sure and hoping that they're going to like think highly of you and approve of you and give you a stamp of approval. Like, yes, your application has been reviewed by the committee and you have been accepted through that. And you know, I just, I don't like that dynamic. You know, it's not like it's an evil dynamic, but it's just not, it's just not what I want any of my containers to be about, right? Like I'm not evaluating your worthiness. I don't want you to like hold your breath and cross your fingers that like, I hope you are worthy enough for my, that is not at even remotely the kind of energy I want to like hold or exude. So, you know, just full disclosure, I've been thinking about what I want to call the form questionnaire thing that I have people fill out so that I can tell if it's going to be a mutual fuck yes fit without calling it an application. So I'm still thinking <laughs> in my next, you know, enrollment period, you might be like, oh, so that's what Simone changed it to. So yes, I have used that word 
And I no longer love it. And I'm thinking about what to just call it that's different. And I just see so many other coaches who I think are, who see what other people are doing, other people like me are doing. It's like, oh, Simone's successful. She does applications. I should do applications too. If you love that word, go ahead, do whatever you want with it. If you don't love that word, you don't have to use that word. You can just call it a form. <laughs> you can just call it, here's a few questions. You can just call it a questionnaire, whatever, right? So, you know, having an application process for your thing, it doesn't make you, again, fancy. It doesn't make you anything. It's The, the point isn't any of that. The point is, does this truly serve your clients? Does it truly serve you? Always remember, whether you call it application, consult, whatever, it's they're not auditioning for you and you're not auditioning for them. You are meeting as two sovereign, equal individuals to explore if working together would be an amazing, beautiful, joyful fit for both of you. That's it. There is no hierarchy involved. There is no evaluation of your worthiness involved both ways, right? So I want to say the last thing, <laughs> a hotly contested topic. I want to give you some clarity on my, on this, on this question that gets asked so often, which is, do you disclose your price before the consult? Do you like reveal it before the consult? Do you advertise it? Do you like put it on your website or not? Or do you keep it private until they get on the consult call? When people ask about your price, should you just tell them or should you say, oh, well, we talk about that on the consult call, right? So my answer, as with my answers for most business questions is, what you do or don't do matters way less than why you do it, right? I know beautiful coaching businesses that disclose their price on their website, on their social media, and I know beautiful, successful coaching businesses that don't. For a while, I didn't. You had to get on a consult call to find out how much my coaching um, was, and now I do. It's on my website. I know coaches selling at every price point right? Who have $300 packages who reveal their price and other $300 package sellers who don't reveal their price. I have very high end, you know, multiple say five figure coaching packages that where prices are already revealed. And I know people who sell multiple five figure packages who do not uh, reveal their prices before. And what I object to is I mean, I can see why a lot of people would think that if they haven't thought about it very much, but I have heard so many people say it's like evil and gross and salesy and manipulative to not reveal the price before somebody gets on a call. And what I say to that is, well, that's just a thought. Like not disclosing the price before is a neutral circumstance. Like what makes it evil and gross and manipulative, right? Like, that's literally just your thought about it. If you have a manipulative intent, like, oh, they're going to jump on the call not knowing the price, and then I'm going to, I don't even know, right? Like, just don't assume that things are manipulative just because you haven't thought about why somebody would want to do that. When I used to not reveal the price before the conversation, it was because of this particular reason. I know that we all live in a society where investing in coaching is not 
taken for granted. It's not something that we habitually invest in. It's not something that's, you know, standard average, right? It's a, it's kind of an extraordinary out of the box decision to to decide to invest in yourself. And I knew that so many people myself included would just decide based on the the amount of money based on the price that's not for me. I would never be able to pay that. And I would just have those thoughts without ever really questioning, is that really true? Is that really true? And th- that I can't pay it. And the, the worst thing about it is that I would be making the decision that I can't afford it and that it's too much for me, quote unquote, too much, based on a whole bunch of assumptions about myself, about money, about value, about what I'm creating in my life that I had never even learned how to question. So for example, let's say... I had no idea about any of my spending habits because I wasn't looking at it. And I was like, you know, bleeding money every month, spending, you know, on like things that are bullshit, like, I don't know, like emotional shopping and expensive cocktails or like takeout that I don't need to eat or whatever, right? And I wasn't even looking at any of those spending patterns. And when I thought about my future, let's say I had such low confidence in myself that I never saw myself being more financially successful than I am now. So my like thoughts about how much money I can save and earn is very low. And my thoughts about how fulfilled I could be in my life is also very low because I've never even talked to a life coach before, right? And so let's say I have all of these shitty thoughts and shitty patterns in my life, right? Where I'm constantly over-consuming, over-spending, and I have no awareness of those patterns or why they're happening or what thoughts are creating them. And I have a very low opinion of myself in the in the future and like I have a very low estimations about what I can create in the future. And I see the price tag, I'm going to be like, oh, of course I'm, or one, I'm not deserving of that. Two, I'm not the kind of person. So that is the kind of situation that made me like, it's like, to me, that was a problem, right? Like, I don't want people to have a bunch of unexamined, erroneous thoughts and assumptions about themselves and about their own money and have that be the reason that they'd never give, even give coaching a chance. Right. And so that's why I didn't reveal my prices. I was like, you know what? Let's get on the call. Let's have you experience what coaching is like. Let's have you, you know, let's, let's genuinely explore. What do you want in life? Right. This was back when I was like a general life coach coaching on everything. Like what, what's giving you pain right now? You know, what, what would you love to change in your life? And what would that look like? Right. And, and let's look at what's not working. That's what's not working in your life right now. Like what's creating that? Like you've never looked under the, under the hood of your life, under the hood of your brain because you've never had a life coach. I'm a life coach. We have an hour. Let's look at all of those things and then let's look at what's possible. Let's look at what we now are going to be able to create because I'm going to be bringing you as the coach, the perspective, the tools that you have never seen before. And your mind is probably going to be blown when you take this time to really get honest with yourself about your dreams and your desires and really give give those things some airtime when they never have before because you were just like too busy like with like daily life. And just like being mired in the same old patterns over and over again, right? So when we get a full picture of what you what you desire, a full picture of what's possible for you, a full picture of like honestly looking at the, all the things you want to change and how we're going to change them, right? Like 
by the end of that conversation, like you really, as the client, like the client should feel like a different person, right? Wow. Like I looked under the hood of my life for the first time and wow, what happens when I change all of it? Like I wanted you to look at all of that, feel all of that, have all of those thoughts, looking into your own future and then decide what is this worth? Right? I wanted you to give yourself the chance to look at where you're spending money now and where that's all taking you. And then look at, wait, what happens if I spend my money in a different way than I have before? And then give yourself, give yourself a chance to decide, wait, would I want that? Right? The aim is never to goad you into wanting it. The aim is never to pressure you into saying yes. Like I said, one of the most important things about doing these sales calls, these console calls, for the, for the coach is to hold a clean space where you have zero attachment to whether they sign with you or not, right? So this whole conversation where you look under the hood with them and decide where they want to go and decide whether they want to, you know, try and, you know, putting their money, in a, using their money in a different way to create the, the emotional life and the results they want in their lives, that can all only work if you provide a clean, unattached, safe coaching space where you're not making them uh, responsible for your emotions, right? So in this process, I have had so many, I signed so, so many clients because I was able to provide this clean space. And I've had so many of them tell me if it was just my unexamined assumptions about my own life, about myself, about coaching, without ever having experienced coaching, right? And all I saw was the price tag, I would have never gone for it just because, again, of all of my unexamined assumptions and prejudices and biases about my life and about money and all of it. And thank goodness, thank goodness that I had an opportunity to experience coaching, right? To have a chance to talk to you, to have you lift the hood for me, to have to have a chance to look at all these things and to completely like reorganize and reawaken and refresh my own sense of what's possible for me, what I want to create and how I can get there, including money, how I spend money, how I earn money, what, what motivates my current spending, um, habits and decisions. And what does my financial future look like? Cause it's my thoughts that are going to create that. It's a chance to turn all of that around when you have a life coach. And so they're like, thank goodness that I got to experience this so that I knew what I was saying yes to. That's what it's about, my friends. So it really was in service to their transformation, right? When I didn't disclose the price, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be secretive about it. And then I'm going to manipulate them. Like, first of all, that's never going to fucking work anyway. Remember what I said about the importance of a clean coaching space, right? So that's the reason I didn't disclose the price. I got to a certain point where I was like, you know, where I had way more people wanting to work with me than I had room for. And it, it like people were, you know, no longer going to be, <laughs> have thoughts and they were surprised about um, my, my prices. And like there came a point where I, put up the price, I think, on my website and my marketing as a kind of filter, right? Like a lot of people are not going to be ready for this. And that's fine because a lot of people are ready for this. And even all the people who are ready for it, I don't have all the room in my calendar or in my group coaching space to take all of them. So I'm going to put the price there. So, so then I, so I, I stopped, uh, I started making the price public 
But then I don't want to make this sound like you can only make the price public when you get to a quote unquote, a certain point in your business. That's not what I'm saying. I know lots of cl- uh, coaches, like I said, at every price point where they, some of them disclose and have an amazing business. Some of them don't disclose and have an amazing business. Once again, my question is why? What are your reasons? Do you feel like there's something to hide? Right? Are you not wanting to disclose your price because you feel like you have to manipulate, manipulate people on calls? Right? If you feel weird about your price, that's not a good reason to not disclose your price. Right? So always, always, always check your reasons. Check how you feel about them. And as long as you are making the decisions from a, from a truly empowered place where you have powerful thoughts about your own self as a coach, about your own offer, you have powerful thoughts about your clients where you're truly showing up for them, right? Regardless of what you're getting out of it, you're truly showing up for making decisions for them to have the greatest transformation possible then whatever you choose cannot be the wrong choice. Okay, my friends, I hope that this episode answers answered tons and tons of questions that people have. And, uh, you know, I want you to, no matter what you decide, I want you to trust yourself. And I want you to also know that you can trust yourself, do things, and then also change your mind and try different things later. It's all in the process of getting to know yourself as a coach and as an entrepreneur and and learning how to build deeper trust in yourself, deeper sort of trust in the spirit of your business, right? To make decisions not based on, oh, so-and-so, you know, experts that I should do this, or I see my coach friends doing this, so I'm going to, right? Fuck all of that. What are your reasons? What do you want to do, right? If you learn how to make decisions that way, that is going to be more powerful than following any set of instructions any expert can give you, including me. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you next week. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.